All right, this is uh, song one, rejoiner one of the trend um, that we're uh, starting this hour for our buddy Nell Nell. This sounds like NSYNC. This is NSYNC? No. Am I close? No, this I is saw an Australian you shake, band. I saw you shaking your head in, in, in distress and disgust. It would have been so great if you were able to bottle up that contempt that you had in your face and just fired off the Kirk Herb Street. No. No. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing about it is we don't know the song. You can't say the name of it. I mean, I really do. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. Doesn't ring a bell. You don't know the trend either, of course. Uh, no, he, he, he told me the trend. Chumbawamba. Yeah, Chumbawamba. Yeah. Come on, guys. I mean, come, come on. on. I mean, this is... This, is, this no. is all about you. We're celebrating you. All right. Uh, I wanted to break into this. We can, of course, keep the conversation going about Hoodie. Yeah, I got something to say. About the stupid odds for the team name. Um, we've been mentioning this a couple of times. Listen, both you and I, I think, one, one, of, the, one of the areas that we, I think, mostly agree on is this team's defensive line, both pre-trade of Montez Sweat and Chase Young, and certainly post-trade, of Montez Sweat and Chase Young have been, there is no other way to say it, a letdown. No, I, You want to say it, a sure. disaster, a disappointment, whatever you want to call it, they have been a letdown, okay? And anyone that's been paying attention understands this, that all four of those guys, and now the two left remaining, can, on individual plays, take over games, even for a series or even for a short period of time, like earlier in the year, Montez Sweat, week one, Arizona, took over late in the third quarter, the game. I mean, others made plays, but Montez Sweat put his stamp on that game for a, a couple of series and really the last, I would say, pretty much last quarter and a half of that game. The next week in Denver, Deron Payne, we all remember that one dominant series he had uh, at the start of the second half, and there were other plays and other moments where Deron Payne took over that football game and sustained, and no, you cannot sustain excellence, I don't think, for 60, 65, 70 snaps, what have you. If you're in tremendous shape, game. if you're in tremendous Maybe shape, you can. you can. Okay. And, 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 you know, I don't even know if Aaron Donald does because I've watched plenty of Aaron Donald. And even in that Super Bowl year, if you think about it, in the championship game, in the Super Bowl game, in the Super Bowl, there were there were plenty of times where Aaron Donald was a non-factor. Yeah. But where he wasn't or where he was a factor was Six minutes left to go in the NFC Championship game tied. San Francisco and Jimmy G, Jimmy Hansom with the ball. And Aaron Donald just decided to flip that damn switch on it, and he took over, and he just absolutely annihilated anything in his path. Okay? And did the same basically late in the Super Bowl against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. My point being is 
There was nowhere near enough of that. And 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 smartly, the Commanders, Redskins, Washington football team organization, Jay Gruden, Kyle Smith, uh, Bruce Allen, ugh, um, and then and, and then Ron Rivera, Ronald Eugene by himself uh, with the Marty Party, all of that. They all understood that you cannot depend on one guy to be the show, right? You have to ideally have a group of guys, a stable, the four horsemen, the the the, the, the whatever you want to call them, okay, so that. When one is maybe off a little bit or one is getting paid extra attention to, the other can eat or the group can eat or the inside, outside, all of that. That was how it was designed. Now, we know it didn't work. For whatever reason, it did not work. I mean, we could blame Chase. We could blame, you know, injuries. We could blame this. We could blame that. I don't think you can blame Chase. Okay. Go ahead. That's fine. I'm sorry. But here's the bottom line. Okay. (laughs) They're now two games removed. Since trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young, mm-hmm. they went up to Foxborough and they held the Patriots to 17 points, and seven of those points came off of a turnover by the offense at the 25-yard line. So you want to say, well, hey, look, they probably could have kept them to a field goal, so you can't totally absolve them. Right, but I can't totally blame them either. I mean, a defense that's, that's isn't expected to hold up all the time when their possession starts at your own 25-yard line. Okay? So... You know, you want to look at it as a, not a true 17 points. You want to look at it as 13, whatever. But we all understand, and it was reinforced by anybody that watched the London game or the Frankfurt game or whatever the hell it was on Sunday morning, that Mac Jones sucks so much and so <laughs> bad, so much and so bad, not good. that, you know, quite honestly... I think I might be able to operate the quarterback position. The double Mac of Jones is not that good, Chris. It's just, it's just not that good. But but you, you see where I'm getting at? No, I 100% okay. get it. So, so I can't sit here and celebrate the fact that they were so good in that New England game because A, was Mac Jones. B, they had no sacks. The one sack they had well, was taken away by K.J. Henry, which, uh, of course, the, should have been a sack. The one thing I will say to the pass rush's credit against New England, and this is via our pal Nikki Javala from The Post, uh, and she gets these numbers via next-gen stats. The average time to throw right. is 2.38 seconds. No, he was getting so. rid of the ball very quick. But can Fair. I get some deflections? Can I get guys changing right. up their pass? For, uh, well, here's you. where I'm going with this, okay? what I guess what I'm saying is that was a good performance by the defense. It was But you have to but take yeah. into account who was operating the offense. And yeah. again, everybody that wants to make it all about coaching, oh, Matt Patricia ruined him, oh, Mac Jones, never the Bill O'Brien is a wi- widely considered a very successful offense coordinator, both at the collegiate level and the and the NFL level. Widely successful. Okay, so j- just want to point that out. Now, you mentioned Nikki Javal. I'm going to get to her answer, uh, her numbers in a sec. Seth Walder of ESPN, yeah. who was a guest of, of Craig's yesterday. Okay. I went back and I watched now, they didn't specifically talk about this in the part that I saw, uh, so maybe I missed it at the end. But he put out this. Last year, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne ranked ninth and 12th in pass rush win rate at defensive tackle, respectively, meaning Allen was ninth, Payne was 12th. At their position. At their position. <laughs> Which De- gives Interior context, defensive yes. tackle, right? We're not talking about defensive end. Interior defensive tackle. This year, they rank... 26th, meaning Allen. Yeah. 26th. And Deron Payne ranks 42nd. 
out of 52 interior defensive tackles in the pass rush win rate. That's according to ESPN Analytics and NFL Next Gen Stats. Think about that. If you... Like, ninth and 12th for the amount of money that they're paying these guys. Ain't he high enough for me? <laughs> Ain't high enough. Now, they didn't have Chase Young for most of last year, so you can make that argument. But Deron Payne got paid a big-time bag of cash. Cha-ching. $22.5 million last year. Had 11 and a half sacks, which is awesome. But only, again, only was the 12th best defensive tackle in pass rush win rate. Okay, now, again, you can affect games other ways. Yes, of course. So I'm just pointing that out. This year, again, you can affect games other ways, 26th and 42 out of 52. Now, you mentioned Nikki Javal. She put up this just a little while ago. Deron Payne hasn't laid a hit on an opposing quarterback since week five. Week five, just in case you're not paying attention, week five was the win in Atlanta after the Bears disaster. A month ago. Right? (laughs) Yes. Since then, they played the New York Giants, a 14-7 loss, which the defense gave up back-to-back touchdowns to a team that had a religious aversion to scoring points. Okay? (laughs) Then... A religious aversion. Okay? Then, uh, after the New York Giants win, they came back home... And gave up, uh, what was it, 37 points or whatever it was to, to the, the Eagles. Eagles. Yep. Uh, and and then, on top of that, went to Foxborough, which we just talked about, and now the the most latest disaster. Yeah. You want to call it disaster? Okay. Uh, <laughs> up in Seattle. Okay. So, Deron Payne has not had a quarterback hit Seattle, Philadelphia, yeah. or New England. In the in the last three games, and, and actually, I'm sorry, the last four games, going back to the first Giants game, and then I don't know when that quarterback hit in the Atlanta game, so maybe it's four and a quarter games, four and a half games, whatever. Just yeah. say four games. Hasn't had a quarterback hit since week five. In a month. Hasn't recorded a sack. Again, a dude who had 11 and a half sacks last year, mm. which was an egregious number for a defensive tackle, right? It was, it was lit. Since week two, hasn't had a set. That was the Denver game. Jonathan Allen, according to Nikki, had a quarterback pressure rate of 11.9%, I guess, of his snaps Mm -hmm. in the first five games of the season. Again, going through and including that win in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Over the past five games, again, Giants, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Actually, this would be Atlanta, Giants, Philadelphia, New England, Seattle. Seattle. The last five games. um, Dropped to 7.6%. Yeah, right. The rate is 7.6%. Right, right, right. So so however you break down the numbers and whatever, a precipitous drop-off for Jonathan Allen. And and again, your eyes tell you that. Now, in one sequence on Sunday, he had... He got called for a holding penalty, mm-hmm. which I, I thought, I mean, when I saw the overhead, I, I could see what they called, okay? He kind of bear-hugged the guy, but then he also got drew a holding penalty, and he did something else, and I don't have my notebook in front of me. He grabbed but he the ma- shoulder pads of the offensive lineman to stop them from getting off to the second level, which is defensive holding. W- right, right. No, I'm, I'm saying Rarely it was a good, good call, but what I'm saying is he then did 
back-to-back positive things after that one holding call. One was, um, I, I forget what the two things, I have it in my notebook, I'll, I'll get it. But the, the point being is, that was the only time that I noticed Jonathan Allen. Deron Payne, did you notice him at all on Sunday? I haven't noticed him the last two weeks. Okay. And I got another number from Nikki that really tells the story about the last two games in particular for Duran. Mm-hmm. Now, we know the New England game, they're getting the ball out of their hands quickly, so you expect right. his pass rush impact to be minimal. But against Seattle, the average time to throw for Geno was 3.03 seconds. In the last two weeks, Chris, and when I read this from Nikki, I, I'm floored. His pressure rate the last two weeks is 2.6%. That is god Awful. That's Duran. Duran. The last two weeks, okay. his pressure rate he, is two point six percent. Here's one thing that I I do have to correct. Okay, because mm-hmm. I was slightly wrong on this. The Jonathan Allen hold in Seattle. Yeah. While the correct call wiped out a Duran Payne sack. Oh, it did. Yeah, it did. So uh, okay. that's what I wrote down in my notes. I knew well, I was cheating. Ne- <laughs> I knew I was. Well, well, that's fair. He I mean, hated maybe, the sack. Maybe he wouldn't have gotten the sack. But then Allen did have a sack as Geno Smith stepped up. Uh, I think it was on the next Chris. series. He did have a sack, and then there was one, uh, one other play that that Allen, uh, you know, basically contributed. I think that was a run stop. But either way, the point being is, we all understand that they've now been asked to do more yeah. without Chase and Montez. Nobody should have been thinking, oh, these guys now they're really going to go eat, unless you had subscribed to the theory that Chase was really holding them back, and for whatever reason, that's why they weren't. Here's the proof in the pudding, okay? The proof in the pudding is right this. There. <laughs> They're not good enough no. and consistent enough, and they are not overwhelming enough or dominant enough in any way, shape, or form. And when we keep coming back to, okay, and this is where I'm going to go off the board. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to hold Jack Del Rio accountable for everything. Again, I might be too easy on these guys, coaches. But is Jack Del Rio supposed to hold Jonathan Allen and, and Deron Payne's hand and, and supposed to put their pacifiers back in? I have look, I, I have no I have no excuse for what has gone on with those two this entire season. And the John thing I anticipated, and I'll say this. I think I might have said it during the break. I anticipated the John thing. One, he was coming in hurt, which is what a lot of us are forgetting. His what? participation toward the end of camp. Plantar fasciitis. That's a, that's a, that's a, and they said, no, oh, no. Nothing to see here. It's Not, a pain in the it, tail. As soon as I heard that, I was I was worried sick to death. Yeah, now he hadn't missed games. He hadn't missed practice. It's a lingering type but of issue. It it absolutely and affects. he had Liz Frank his rookie year, he so did. it may be something that he did. I don't remember if it was the same foot or but whatever. But I just thought about yeah, that. Yeah. So I knew the injury would slow him down a little bit. But his for all of you that don't actually watch. The offensive line and defensive line with a keen eye like I do, he's got one move. And I don't say that out of disrespect. It was the most dominant interior move in football last year, mm-hmm. the hump move. Yep. And basically, it, it, I don't know. He, he, the holding call the that he Humpty received on it. Dance with the Dance to do the hump. Uh-uh. I know do that song. me, baby. <laughs> wow. But no, people figured out how to stop the hump move. They right. have a, you know, they have tight end U where all the tight ends meet up and they have mm-hmm. like this special camp. Mm-hmm. The offensive linemen do the same thing. And John Allen was public enemy number one for mm-hmm. the interior guys. Mm-hmm. They're thinking, how do we stop this damn hump move? I think every guard that he's played this year has handled it a lot better. And I think that's part of his ineffectiveness. We mm-hmm. all want to 
get on chase. And I, I hate about not it, developing about not developing moves. moves. Yeah. John don't fair. got no damn moves in the league That's seven fair. years. Listen, I'm going to give you one last thing before we go, go to the break, and then we'll take some calls on the other side. Jonathan, and again, this is just pro football focus. Jonathan Allen, sixty-five point four overall. He is the ninth best graded defensive player. Not offensive player, not combined, defensive player on the commander. 65.4 overall, uh, according to PFF. And again, that is based on the entire year, 10 games, 49.1 run defense. But he does have a 74.4 pass rush grade, which is higher than I thought it would be, considering, again, it does not feel like there has been a consistent Jonathan, normal Jonathan Allen impact. I'll give you Deron Payne's numbers when we return yeah. uh, because we need to get the break, and I want to keep you guys uh, you know, on track because they're interesting as well. And I will just tell you that – I mean, I just told you that Jonathan Allen is the ninth-ranked defensive player. And, again, that's just the defense, and that's just PFF. You might be a little bit surprised to hear where Deron Payne grades, uh, according to PFF. We'll do that next right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Uh, we are coming down the home stretch about 30 minutes uh, or so to go. Don't forget, we have Dum Dum of the Day. Matty, I just sent it to you. Uh, so uh, we will uh, fire that up. I did not send that to you, and you're on the wrong microphone, I think. Uh, maybe I was just not. far away. Okay, there Sorry, you. My, my, my sensual voice doesn't travel. Your sensual voice? Sensual. Yeah. You know, they. Do you, you know the wrestler oh, Mark, Mark Henry? I thought you were going to say Val Venus. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Val Venus was a thing. Hello, ladies. ladies. Um, but they used to call um, sexual, Mark Henry, the, the wor- right, the world's strongest man, who's been a multi-time guest here on the radio yes. show, Graham, sexual chocolate. Yes. I mean, maybe you could, maybe you could, maybe you could take that name from him. You know, with that deep drop-down hold voice. On. Hold the hell, on, Chris. What are you? No. Are you saying that you are you saying that you are recommending that I go buy sexual chocolate? I just want you to repeat that for the folks that are just now tuned in. I said in. maybe you no, 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 no. maybe you could stand take that on name. it. Let's see you once again. It's not Hank. Man. I said may- if you're gonna say something, stand on it. That's not Hank. Okay, so so you're mad that you're not being Hank. Yes, you're mad that I had the mere suggestion. That maybe you could steal Mark Henry's nickname from Frank, him. Well, er, er, all over me then. Wow, you're the only one that steals people's names, Chris Russo. <laughs> you're a dope. <laughs> you're just oh, such a complete dope. Um, all right. So, on a serious note, yes, we we know that Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne have not been effective enough. The question is, is how effective have they been? Well, again, it's just one measurement, but they, you know, and, and again, nobody says. That that they get everything right. There's no coach. There's no player. There's no team. There's no anything that gets everything right. Okay, so the notion that PFF, because one time they ranked Zach Brownband uh, as the best coverage linebacker in the NFL, and you guys hated him, and the coaching staff hated him, which was all true. 
as the number one. I, no, it's true. Were you, were you spitting? But 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 like oh, the reason why we should never pay any attention to PFF again doesn't work that way. Okay. But Deron Payne, I just gave you Jonathan Allen. He is the ninth graded or ninth ninth highest graded Washington defensive player. Deron Payne is right behind him at number 10 at 64.2 overall. Jonathan Allen, again, is 65.4 overall out of 100. Now, the difference is Deron mm-hmm. has played, according to PFF, better against the run, 63.7 compared to Allen's 49.1. However, the difference is, as we mentioned, I was surprised by this. Mm-hmm. Allen's pass rush grade is a 74.4 out of 100. You want to guess where Payne's is? Out of 100? Yeah, out of 100. Based on the scores the last two weeks? I mean, this is a cumulative um, pass rushing grade for the entire year. On um, 367 pass rush snaps. I'll give him a 56. Pretty close, 53.5. Yeah, uh. I mean, they played almost identical snaps. Uh, one's played 567, Allen. One's played 573, Payne. Pass rush snaps, Payne has 367 pass rush snaps. Allen has 365. I mean, they're almost identical. Like, they're almost always on the field together at the same time, whatever. And the best thing that I could say is, I mean, outside of potentially that lingering issue that nobody really talks about, with, and you're absolutely right about it, with Allen's plantar fasciitis, they both, again, been held, the, the best thing they've done, because there are times, at, at, at times, this team has been good at stopping the run. There have been other times where, quite honestly, and maybe it's more isolated moments and and it's You're not a systemic nice, problem. You're they have nice. not been good. They don't stand their damn gap. That's okay. the problem. Let, let's let's stop beating around the bush. I don't care that it's John and that it's Duran and that they're two big six four badasses and we all look at them like they're the second coming of Jesus. They're not playing good football this year. Part of the reason they're not playing good football this year is because they're not playing disciplined football. I said this about a month ago, before the trade deadline came up. You cannot move forward with both John Allen. And Chase Young. They both played too much of a freelance style mm-hmm. at the at the defensive line spot. Whereas most people thought that was on Chase. You're you're arguing no, that it was, it was just too. as much on Jonathan Allen. Okay. Some, some was on John too. And right. I think you saw it on Sunday. And Ron talked about it in his media availability on Monday. The, the lack of success on first and second down mm-hmm. on defense crushed them. And you look at yeah, it. Yeah, because they were good on third down. They were good on third. But they were in third and short. I know. Which is crazy. No, no, no. I'm saying Washington's defense was good on right. third down. But but, because, but they were getting ambushed on first and second down. Exactly. And most of the issues stopping the run, I think, stems from John and Duran hopping out of their gap. I, I don't know if you have if you have the audio of the worst pregame speech I've ever heard in my life. Why, why don't we save that for when we come back? Okay. We'll make this hour about them. I, I still got to get into Deshaun Watson with you. Yeah. I can't believe we've gone this far and we haven't done that. So let's do that when, for us. Let's do that when we come back, and we'll do the trending alert right here, right now. Yeah, speaking of Deshaun Watson, after that great comeback win for the Cleveland Browns in Baltimore, down 14-0 early, Watson 
Done for the year. First, he played the rest of that game with a high ankle sprain, suffered in the middle part of the first quarter, also suffered at some point early on in the game a displaced fracture to the glenoid in his right throwing shoulder, not connected to the rotator cuff issues he had earlier that cost him some games. And now he'll need immediate surgery to avoid further structural damage. He said, quote, I'm still in disbelief. I'm still trying to process all the information. Year two of a five-year, 240, fully million, uh, fully guaranteed deal for Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. According to published reports, the cap number goes up to over $60 million in the upcoming year for Deshaun Watson. We will see what happens there. Meanwhile, the Commanders getting ready for the New York Giants, a team that beat them 14-7 at MetLife Stadium just a couple of weeks ago. James Smith-Williams not at practice. We were just talking about uh, some of the defensive line issues. And in college football, you know, we know this huge controversy swirling around Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. They're in College Park and on the Team 980 this Saturday afternoon. Uh, they have the Fox Big Noon kickoff and all that stuff. It's also Michigan's chance to get a 1,000th win for the football program. And Jim Harbaugh might be on the sideline. He might not, depending on a um, a court hearing on Friday. He said, quote, I think it would be incredibly disappointing uh, if – He's not on the sideline for potential win number 1,000. And that's what's trending. All right, we got to get a call in uh, last remaining in just a couple of moments. Lap, we're coming at you. Dumb, dumb of the day still. Coming up as we wrap up the show, talking about Allen and Payne. And again, more is asked of them now that Sweat and Young are gone. But this is a big picture evaluation. This isn't a, hey man, you guys have really not done much since Sweat and Young have been traded. Mm -hmm. This isn't a, this is a, hey, Big picture sample size now, 10 games, you're four and six. And there's a lot of missing production. <laughs> and whether that's fair or not, the bottom line is, you know, and and, and again, I, I mean, we like been saying it all along, right? Uh, all of us, I mean, all of us have been saying, look, man, they need more. They need more. Yes, at times, Deron Payne, yes, at times, lesser times, I think, Jonathan Allen, have taken over games at times. But it has been very, very, very few and far between. And here's one thing that I I just wanted to kind of bring, wrap up this full circle with. Mm -hmm. When they re-signed Deron Payne to a $22.5 million per year contract, if you would have told me, and I said it leading up to that, I said it at the end of the season, after an 11-and-a-half sack season, I I truly did not believe they were going to get a long-term deal done because I thought Deron Payne would be asking for too much money. I thought the commanders would not either be able to pay it because of the ongoing sale or not want to pay it because the whole, hey, we really value Montez Sweat, you know, kind of thing, whatever. Uh, maybe let Deron Payne play out on the franchise tag, see what happens. I mean, obviously, they chose to go a very, very, very different way. 
And I forget what his cap number is for this year, but the average of the contract is $22.5 million. When they made that decision and when they signed him long-term, a lot of people hailed it as a brilliant move, smart move, this, that, and the other thing. Linnell. Not you. Maybe, just maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I said, look, I, I wouldn't have done it, but I, I mean, I kind of get it. I under, I sort of understand it because now Deron Payne oh, wow. has finally been consistent. That cap is only $8.6 million this year. Well, and that's how they got around it because yeah. they said, well, instead of paying like $18 million for the franchise tag, we're going to pay $8.5 million and we're going to improve our team elsewhere. The problem is they acted, and I don't know what happened, but... Basically, all last season, according to OverTheCap.com, they had a listed salary cap figure of like $60 million. I I checked with somebody who's very, very, very familiar with all this stuff behind the scenes. And as it turns out, they had a listed cap figure of like $60-plus million. That was wrong information. They had way less than that, okay? And ultimately, when they got near free agency – they decided, okay, instead of paying Deron Payne like $18, $19 million, whatever it was going to be under the franchise tag, we're going to do the long-term deal, and we're going to get him secured and have this Batman and Robin tag team, and we're going to lower that cap number so that we can spend it elsewhere. But the problem is they didn't have the $60-plus million that everybody thought they had. All of a sudden, as they approached free agency and they got removed from the season and they had to pay out incentives and all that, they had about... Mm, from what I remember, about 25-ish million dollars. And that was it. That was it. So everybody keeps talking about like this $90 million that they have. Hold on, Horsey. That might not be true. Okay. That, that that's not all that's not the official numbers that the NFL Management Council has and that the NFL PA has. So so let me the, just point that out. I'm not saying it isn't true. I'm just saying it might not be true. But the point being is they chose to do the long-term deal, theoretically lowering Payne's number by about $10 million a year to improve the rest of the roster. And we know they went then sort of bargain shopping with Cody Barton, with um with uh, Andrew Gates. Wiley, with yeah. Nick Gates. Uh, who else did they bring in? Um, I mean, Crowder was added late. That wasn't really. Newsflash, that, that was it. Yeah, but that was. That, oh, Mar- Marcus Kemp, I'm sorry. Oh, right, right, right. So, so again, they would. their answer is they wouldn't have been able to do even that stuff without, without doing pain on a long-term deal. So ultimately, in hindsight, did they make a mistake? And how did they butcher the cap situation that much? Well, I don't want to. I'm not going to touch that because I don't know whether or not they did or not. I will say this, and you may not know because you don't play Madden. When I play Madden, I traded away Chase. I traded away Montez. I have about how much cap did I have? I think I had about 108 million dollars in cap. Mm. I know they're not going to have that number. Right. That's so I, ba- and that's based on on what? The reported numbers? Is that how they do so, that? Yeah, Madden's okay. accurate. They have okay. all the contracts. They, they the might have more because they, they now have some carryover money that yes. they didn't have before that. So I think that's how that number um, uh, inflates. I, I agree with you that they have both been complete, utter disappointments. I got a bone to pick with John, though, because you can't keep – you can't do the, the, the badass tirade at the podium when you're not even getting to the damn quarterback. You can't do that. And then I think maybe, just maybe, this week against New York, can we have someone else lead the pregame circle? Can we have someone else get the guys rah-rah? Well, who do you want? No, no, Cam some, Curl? I just, I just don't want this. 
Hey, what's so great about the game we about to play? What's so great about the game we about to play? It don't matter. If you ain't on this field, it don't matter. 80,000 people came to see us keep, on their team. They think they coming for If we did radio like this, would you want to listen to us? Is this something that gets you motivated? Is this something that you want to do? And I don't want to make this sexist or, or any type of racial, racial overtone with this. He reminds me of one of my aunties when they getting on my ass. Linnell, I told you not to. Da, 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 da. It's, it was just feminine to me, and it bothered me. It bothered me. This was not a good speech. And let, let it keep rolling because he goes and contradicts himself. Go ahead. Full blood, baby. It's going to get crazy. When we go out there, remember what we're doing. Remember why we do it. And remember how we do what we do. They don't live like us. They think they physical. They really finna see what a pause, physical pause team is all quick. about. Pause it real quick. They're going to find out what a physical team is all about. The Seattle Seahawks went out and had their highest offensive output of the season after that lame-ass speech. Keep rolling. They think they see the defense like ours, but they haven't yet. They literally have They think haven't. they see the offense until we run 250 on Like, I'm telling you, bring it, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. just abruptly ends. Bring it in, bring it in. I mean, just the worst speech ever. Don't think about nothing I was else. the guy my junior and senior year of high school that led our pregame speeches. I know how to get some guys riled up. So, so maybe next Monday when John Allen calls in, maybe I'll phone into the junks and I'll offer my services to John on how to lead a group of men. So you think, and I'm just asking, no, do you I'm, think if you were in that huddle that you were turned off by that or you it, just weren't motivated by that? Our guy, Matty Ice, will, will retweet the video. Just mm -hmm. look at the responses of the guys around him. That's all you need yeah, to see, know. Yeah, see, I didn't pay enough attention to that because they're all wearing the helmets oh, like and whatever. Like a deer in headlights, Chris Rodriguez, a guy that's a rookie, someone mm -hmm. that should be locked into this speech because he's never heard it at the pro level. Mm -hmm. He's probably tired of hearing John Allen's baseless what, 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 you know what? I'm, I'm done about it. I'm done. I'm just going to shut myself up. Who do you... Uh, Before John Allen and his goonies. Who, who do you dislike more right at this uh, current time? Logan Thomas or, uh, <laughs> or, or John Allen? <laughs> the two locals. And that's something both from the part of the DMV that doesn't exist. Uh, we, got, uh, we got about a minute or so for uh, Lap uh, in D.C. Lap, sorry, uh, we kind of got behind doing some other things, uh, but uh, good to squeeze you in. Go right ahead. Hey, what's up, Linnell? Hey, happy up, belated man? birthday. Hey, what's up, Rooster? Appreciate hey, you. How are you? Um, good, man. Um, I, I I don't know what this team needs to do, man. It's, it's just really sad. Hey, Linnell, you know I agree with you like 99% of the time, man. I, I just yeah. – Jonathan Island, man, he, he irks me, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. And see, uh, are we delusional that we're not – we're really in a rebuilding stage, but they really not telling us. Is it a secret? Because it's a lot more players that I thought that they were going to trade or, or make plays to get rid of, um, didn't. you know, deals to get rid of. You know, I thought it might, um, Samuels, I thought Gibson, I thought, John, you know, <laughs> maybe Payne and Island. But, the, I mean, it's just the money thing. So do they think, can we still contend? For a, uh, I mean, not a title, but can we be a playoff type of team? Because you didn't get rid of some of our other guys. So I, I don't know what this team is going to do. And it's just frustrating. I told Greg, Craig this the other day that, uh, you know, it's sad when you got the Wizards and the, and the Commanders. You know, I'm not a big hockey fan like you, Rooster. I mean, I do root for the team because I'm from D.C., so I root for all my D.C. teams. But it's sad when you got the Commanders and the Wizards, man, two of my favorite sports. 
uh, next to boxing, too. But two of my favorite sports, and we can't even seem to get it together, man. Sad and we situation. always seem to be going through rebuilding stages like every five years, it seems like. Imagine being so a 26 year old. Somebody that's lap. competent to come in here and make some changes. How about Bill Belichick then, lap? That'll fix everything. No, I don't want, I don't. I don't want him. I don't want him. I, I, I'll take <laughs> I Mike Tomlin. Teasing. I agree with you on that. I'll take yeah. Mike Tomlin. If there was a co- – um, again, I'll just say this. Defensive coach that I, you want me to trade something for, Mike Tomlin. Uh, offensive coach, Kyle yeah, Shanahan, that's Tomlin. it. I'm, I'm I'm not, not, I thought Sean put you in your place about that. We don't give up capital to get coaches, Chris. That's I, not I, I something said, we if you, to. If yeah. you want me to, let's appreciate you. Chris. If you want me to. I mean, you might have to. If that's the co- – I mean, it, for you that thinks coaching revolves around the sun. No, you act like it doesn't matter. That's what I don't understand. Uh, you act like it, it only matters. It's huge. Like it has nothing to do with the players. See the Houston Texans. See the Las yeah, Vegas right. Raiders. Yeah, right. CJ Stroud's done nothing. Okay. All right, we got to take a timeout. Dumb Dumb of the Day coming up next right here, and it might piss off Nell Nell. It might, maybe. He has no idea, but it might piss him off because I just have a sneaking suspicion. Does that it, it have could. something to do with number 92? No. Next. Tonight, right here on the Team 980. <laughs> that is hilarious that that's what you came back with. Is the, <laughs> is the Dallas Mavericks and the Washington Wizards. Right after Craig Hoffman, it'll take you 4 to 645. 645, the pregame at Capital One Arena. Nell, Nell, you're uh, getting set to head over there uh, and hang out and watch the game, right, and do some work, yes? Do some work with the... Get to turn around an interview for you guys with Bilal Kulabali. Oh, nice. We had him on the show about a week and a half ago. Really nice Nice young young man. man. Really nice young man. Uh, Meanwhile, so the Wizards uh, were searching for win number three because they keep gagging up uh, wins that they should have. Uh, uh, Searching for win number three. No Kyrie tonight, right? But Luka Doncic in town. Uh, Is the contract of Davis Berton still on the uh, Dallas Mavericks? Uh, Is it? I don't know. It may be. Is Spencer Dinwiddie still on? No, he got no. traded back Him to Brooklyn. Him and Kuzma actually let me down. I'm right. going to ask Kuzma about it tonight. There was, uh, no, there was no Kirk Fuffle between the two. There you go. Bloomberg 99-1 has the Georgetown Hoyas at Rutgers. Uh, the Hoyas losing to Holy Cross it's, over the weekend. Holy moly. Relax. I guess things didn't just end with Patrick Ewing. So there's your programming lineup uh, there. Nell Nell will be at the Wizards game doing some work. But now it is time to end the show this way. It's time for Dum Dum of the Day. All right, now, you are a huge NBA fan. I'm sure, I'm guessing, I don't know, because no. I don't I, I, I don't know how you feel about this. I'm guessing you weren't a big fan of breaking up the Mike Breen, Mark Jackson oh tag team, right? I'm glad you're doing that. No, I wasn't. Right. So, there was a group that thought, hmm, hmm. We can get Mike Breen and Mark Jackson back on the same broadcast, right? The New York Knicks and MSG Network Group thought, hmm, maybe they could get the two of them back together. However, what they forgot about was that Mark Jackson has a lot of heat with a current assistant on the New York Knicks coaching staff under Tom Thibodeau, a coach that Jackson fired way back in 2014 when with the Golden State Warriors, Darren Ehrman, again, Jackson fired him, then as the Golden State head coach, 
Ehrman was an assistant on his staff. Jackson later got fired. There was an ESPN report shortly after that said Ehrman had taped Jackson, audio recorded, and the players unbeknownst to them. Of course, Jackson was upset. He called the actions inexcusable. Again, he was fired. Uh, Jackson was then let go from ESPN this summer. So now Jackson was scheduled to fill in for Clyde Frazier, Clyde the Glide, scooping and hooping, booping and duping, right? On a five-game road trip coming up, the problem was he had to fly with the team on the plane. And apparently they could not work out a deal so that Mark Jackson could be on the back of the plane and this assistant coach, who nobody has ever heard of, could be on the plane as well and they just couldn't keep them separated. So, what's the answer? Mark Jackson, out! Not going to travel with the team. It's ridiculous. And for that, I say, listen, I've been on these team charters. There is plenty of room. There's plenty of ways you can separate these two. Let's be professionals. I don't know if that's a Mark Jackson call at this point. I don't know if that, but it says the Knicks, the Knicks uh, weren't able to work anything out. And they said, quote, we weren't able to work out something for this season, according to an MSG Network spokesman. So Jackson's not going to be doing any road trip games and any road broadcast with the New York Knicks. So no reunion for road games, at least, with Mike Breen. That's embarrassing. That's all I could that, I was reading That's it a slap earlier. in the face to Mark Jackson, right? No, it is. And this isn't the first time that group has had issue. Wasn't there something with, with Charles Oakley and ownership a couple yes. years ago? Yes, and this is the point. Dysfunctional brands and dysfunctional franchises will always be yeah. dysfunctional brands and franchises because – The people that are making the decisions have way too much ego and way too little common sense. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. And the Knicks have largely sucked for the last 20-plus years, kind of similar to another franchise that I know, because they have too many egomaniacs running the operation. Well, you don't have a boss. There you go. (laughs) That's going to do it for us. Thanks for everybody being a part of the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Nell Nell. Happy birthday, my friend. Thank you, guys. Have fun at the Wizards game. Thanks to Maddie Ice on the other side of the glass. Thanks to you, Craig Hoffman. Next, I'll see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.